and I walked up to them and I said, hello, I'm meant to be speaking with people I don't know. Can I join your conversation? And they looked at me really awkwardly. Oh. And they said, uh, oh, we're having a meeting. <laughs> I'm so yeah. sorry. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Hi everyone, welcome to the Metacast by Navic Roundtable. Oh my god, it's happening. If you watch the YouTube video, we're waving from the same room. We're all at GDC, so this is going to be a little bit of a GDC special episode. Um, we were talking about being in Nico's room. What was your room number? 304. 304, so if you're opening a bar tab. Um... No, do not. <laughs> hotel name undisclosed. Yes. Oh yes, hotel Sorry. name un undisclosed, yes. <laughs> And I'm joined by David Amor. Um, I think you already know him from past episodes as CEO uh, at Playment. Um, Nico Vrick. Nice. Uh, sits down, yes. Um, um, investor at Bitcraft and co-hosts mm. at the Metacast from the Crypto Corner. And also joined by Fozi Initani. Oh, that was... It was a good try. I, I, I tried. I forgot in the meantime. <laughs> um, investor at... For Runner Ventures. Yeah. So I don't have my notes today, so I'm I can make Sweet. mistakes. Yes, I am totally winging it. And content lead at uh, Master the Meta, also from Navic. We got two hosts. We yeah, fifty percent hosts. I have to stop myself from like trying to host this. Oh, uh -huh. do you wanna do you wanna do like a second round of intro? No, 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 no. no you done great. Uh -huh. Maybe. No, 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 actually, David and I are hosting today. So don't worry. <laughs> That'd be funny. Mix it up. Anyway, no, uh, oh, let's keep it on focus. You know, people are not here to talk. Yeah, sure. yeah. yeah, so we're going to be talking about uh, what we've experienced at GDC so far, and talking from our different perspectives. I'm here as a product manager, attending diligently all of the conferences and reporting back to my teammates at Hutch. And what are you doing here, David? Uh, sort of taking the temperature of the games industry. That's a good thing to do at GDC. Just talk to people randomly. I've been coming here enough for long enough to know enough people to... Sometimes I just do a circuit around the Moscone and run into people for the purpose of running into people and having mm. random conversations. And that helps me sort of inform my view on the games industry. So it's not very scientific. Don't actually... Sad to say, don't go to the conference anymore itself. So I'm glad that, so that Maria, you are, and you can represent, you know, the the content at the show. Oh, I shall try. Yeah. How about you, Nico? What are you doing here? I try not to get stabbed walking around San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, are we can we touch upon that for a bit? It's it's been crazy. So yesterday, I went from from our hotel to a a bar where Bitcroft was organizing drinks, and I would like I'm I'm not scared easily, but I felt like unsafe. Did you walk through the Tenderloin? No, it w no. Oh, right. Okay. I don't know. I know what direction it was, but it was. Um, it got pretty sketchy. I was yeah. there. It was sketchy. It was sketchy. So um, I, I heard things like people saying that GDC next year wasn't going to be in San Francisco. Is that is that true? I wouldn't think so. It's an institution here for many mm. years. Okay. Uh, it's San Jose at one point or a couple of points, but pretty much Moscone for okay. the last twenty five years. I think fake news. Yeah. Anyway, and apart from that, I'm. I'm very much meeting, you know, new like companies, like new and old friends, um, but got a bunch of new inbounds, like new projects uh, pitching. And I've loved that. I mean, I've been doing Zoom pitches for the last, you know, uh, half year and 
this is really fun, you know, just talking to people, connecting, you know, having a drink. It's just different. Um, so yeah, been loving it. It's been great. How about you, Fozzie? What are you doing here? My my uh, experience is a little bit different, I think, than everybody else. I actually live in San Francisco, so you. don't hate. <laughs> um, it's actually beautiful here in some areas. Mm. But aside from that, you know, just representing Novik at various events that makes sense too, and also meeting friends. I've been sort of on the peripheries of the game industry for so long now that I only know people over phone and Zoom that mm. it's just really great to see everybody, especially everyone here in the room. It's There's our so first time fun. getting together. Um, I'm really excited. Yeah. Do you know, everyone talks about that, the fact that, uh, you know, it feels like a long time since we've been able to do this kind of thing in person. I've been to a game events since COVID, but this is the first one where everybody's here. Yeah. And I don't, you know, does anyone know what the attendance looks like at the event itself? Certainly in the bars and hotels around it, it seems as busy as it ever was, yeah. but maybe that's just a biz dev thing. Uh, anyone know what the numbers are? No idea. I heard someone say 80,000, but I have no idea whether that's... No, I, I, mean, I don't know. That might have been just me mishearing. I, I heard 90. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think my experience is that the trend right now is to work from home and hybrid working, but I actually feel like I want to live on a compound with my coworkers oh. because we're all in the same hotel in this WhatsApp group. And every morning I wake up to people saying, oh, I'm going to the gym. Oh, I've just ran 5K. And so I, I'm just going to the gym every morning out of peer pressure. Nice. And it's great. Yeah. I think we should all live together in it's a the company. San Francisco ethos, Silicon Valley. You know, is trying it? to get you on the Google compound. Exactly <laughs> what it is. Awesome. Yeah, I, I personally hope that GDC will be in a city that's not San Francisco. Um, it's been lovely to see the the city, and it's it's beautiful and has amazing food. But I agree with Nico that I also have just per- personally felt a little bit unsafe, especially when walking back from events. Um, in the evening, back to the hotel on my own, and it's quite distressing. I find to see also homeless, um, like people who are clearly going through some mount- mental illness without support. I don't know. It's just it's just quite difficult to to absorb the happiness by seeing that. No, and I I hear you loud and clear. I think it's general sentiment here in San Francisco. And if tournament organizers or if tournament conference organizers, if you're listening just know that that feedback is you know echoed by a lot of people i think at this point and so <laughs> i think it's just important to recognize that like yeah that's how people feel about mm. coming here for a conference now mm. yeah so. maria how has your experience been i know you are attending these events as the three others who aren't attending the events how have <laughs> exactly. they been what have you been watching the weight, the weight I'm carrying. Um, I'll also represent a little bit the feedback I've been getting from my friend who was also attending the conferences. And he's a he's a programmer, so he has a bit of a different experience that, that I have. I think in general, he's enjoying the conferences. Like he's learning about problems solved technically and just seeing new ways and sharing learnings about the experiences from, from other companies. But honestly, from a product perspective, I find that the level of the conferences in terms of the content and trying to, I, I had the expectation coming from GDC that I was going to leave here knowing new secrets, um, understanding from people's failures and experiments and just being able to bring those tools back to my job when I, I go back to London and immediately being able to put them into practice. And I'm just not finding that right now. And nothing against the speakers because I, 
I, I think they're doing a great job and the content is engaging. I think just at the end of the day, I don't know if GDC has hasn't been trying to line up very innovative content. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's also you can sometimes get lucky and sometimes get unlucky in a mm. day because what do you tend to go to? If you go to the sessions, it's like maybe two, four or six over the course of the day and not all of them are going to be great. Like uh, when I've done it, it feels like maybe a 40, 50% hit rate. Yeah. Often you'll go into one-hour session and within five minutes you go, ah, it's not, I shouldn't be here. Mm. So the trick is to be at the back, I think, so you can swerve out. But not, you know, <laughs> but, but then you hit one, and I still remember, you know, certain talks that just, I still remember now. Mm-hmm. as being re- really important and uh, helped me build games and give me new ideas. And, you know, you only need one or two of those over the course of the week to make it a good week. Um, and I would say that given the quantity of people that uh, submit talks, I mean, it's really hard to talk here. So uh, the quality of everybody's trying to submit talks that would be interesting. So if it's if there's a failure, maybe it's around the curation. But yeah. certainly people are giving it their A game if you're speaking here. Uh, and everybody wants to speak at GDC. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it ought to be the best. Is there, uh, is there a certain sense of prestige coming sure. speaking at GDC? Yeah. What is that? I mean, uh, I've spoken a couple of times at GDC, and, uh, yeah, it is a big deal to to get uh, picked because you know that I, – I don't know the numbers. It wouldn't surprise me if it was one in five, one in ten that get picked. And, mm. uh, and also you're addressing a large international crowd – that are there for for the reasons you say, Maria, to hear the best people speak. So, mm. of course, there's some prestige. If it's difficult to speak here, if the barrier to entry is high, then you know it feels good to to be doing it. Yeah. What are um, some of the the major topics that are being discussed here? This like over the like during GTC. Do you have the indie game track, the AI summit track, uh, free to play track? an AI track and a few more that I'm I'm forgetting. I think there's a lot about art direction as well. And I think for me, the main, the main takeaways, and I think you're really right, David. I think it probably comes from the curation about the submissions that are being selected because all of the speakers is very high quality in terms of how they're presenting their, their content. It's more the content itself of the pitch that they're trying to, to share. Mm-hmm. And but I think um, I went to uh, free-to-play, in the free-to-play summit, understanding NFTs, a sea change uh, for free-to-play games. And that was really interesting. And I think you had a big audience. It was nearly packed. That was from free-to-play game development. And it was, I think it was really well positioned to that audience in trying to explain what the opportunities could be and what that could mean for the free-to-play games industry. Um, and there were lots of interesting questions. I think the the speaker did did really well. And the other one that I found really interesting, because not even from my area, um, it was it was by um, a, a narrative designer from King, and she was explaining the narrative design process, and it was really product-focused. It was it was almost as if it had been taken out the user research from a product management book, and it was really impressive to see the the effort that goes behind finding the best narrative for Candy Crush Soda and how that keeps players engaged and how they do user research. It was just overall very interesting mm-hmm. and unexpected. Why was it unexpected that they were really being transparent about the process? 
I thought was going to be about more tech technically doing the narrative design. Uh -huh. And so I think I was surprised. I was just dropping in because there was um, nothing else I was particularly interested in. I wasn't expecting to get much out of it as a professional yeah. from the talk. Yeah. And yeah, seeing that whole process and understanding more of the inside of, of King, I've always wondered how they have such big teams for mobile free-to-play games. Mm -hmm. And I think that I finally understood, oh, okay, yeah, this is why they need this amount of people per game because it just goes so in-depth with their user research and perfecting individual elements of the game. Mm. I love that. It's, so it, it does seem like there have been a few talks that have been impactful. Um, and I guess on the flip side is to you and Nico and David is being at GDC for business. Mm -hmm. And David, you talked a little bit about the qualitative aspects that you get from the industry. We'd love for you to touch on that. And Nico, it strikes me that you have learned a lot on the internet these past two years. And I'm curious how that transition has been being in person, talking to people. Mm. Maybe David, we can start yeah, with you. Um, I like the event because it's built, you know, the, the whole event is centered around people building stuff. So E3, which is selling stuff and Dice, which is pure deal making, really, or nearly purely deal making. Here, it's mostly two thirds of it is about building games, mm -hmm. and then you have the business aspect on top. So, already, it's a sort of more wholesome show with more people that are, you know, cre creative. Uh, I think that anybody that's on the business side is going to be here. So, you can be, if there's anybody that you need to speak to, then at least somebody from each company is, is going to be represented, and they're here to talk with people like me that are building things. So uh, that's that works well as everybody you want to speak to. And and also to for me to hear, I've got nothing to pitch here. I'm not looking to raise any investment. Uh, so it's really just uh, finding out the kind of things that they're interested in, in getting behind commercially, which is so you can, I can just have an easy conversation without the feel the need to, in the, the, without needing the feeling the need to pitch. And, uh, get a sense of where what, where they think the market's going. And that helps me understand whether or not it's going to be tough for me to get investment at some point in the future and uh, what the partnership opportunities are. And, and also I spend a lot of time at GDC talking to people that want to know what I think about things. I think it's important that if somebody sends me a message, I'd love to pick your brains about what you're doing in the loop verse, David, then it, I, I wouldn't be a good person. I said, no, I'm just focused on just doing what I'm doing here and I'm, I'm not going to give you any time. So about a third of the, uh, my conversations around that, I suppose. Mm -hmm. I find it also that meeting in person gives you the possibility to diverge from the original goal of the meeting that you set. It's like, you know, when I'm on a Zoom call, I have like my agenda almost like when I talk to a project um, and they're pitching, I'm like, okay, I want to know, you know, I have, I have these points in my head that I want to touch upon. And then I want to like already form an idea about like next steps and stuff. And now it's like, you know, when I don't know what to say, I'm like, so what game are you playing? And why is it Ellen Ring? And then, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so uh, shout out to Manu and then this, uh, you know, NPC aggression. Um <laughs> That stuff made me laugh, by the way. Anyway, so um, it's it's been great, you know, just just ch chatting with people and 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 you know, getting the, to know the person, and and that stuff is so different. You know, on on that note, so I had a uh, a casual meet with an investor like a little couple of hours ago, and nice guy. We just sort of chewing the fact. Then people would come up and say, "Oh, you just moved to Santa Barbara. Oh, that's nice. How's your kids? 
And like you, you don't get that in a Zoom call. Like mm. people say, "Oh, you should meet that guy he's from Xbox." He, oh, you did that. Oh, I did this. Yeah. yeah. And then now it's a yeah. sort of free form. People coming and going. Yeah. I think if you're trying to pitch something and land, that, yeah, that's a pain. But yeah. if you're just having a, ca- a casual conversation, it's a much more three dimensional. I'm smiling because in Master the Meta, we so often write about you know Xbox did this, Sony did this, like mm. X Studio raised this much money to compete with this studio and this category. And it strikes me that you're saying it's very collaborative here and that people are willing to share and be open with the knowledge that they've accrued over the years, or if they're new to like explore and be sort of like enthusiastic about the games industry. And part of what I'm really excited about for GDC is just like to reinvigorate that passion for games and just being around people who are equally passionate, if not more passionate about the industry than you know, everybody I've talked to previously. Mm-hmm. I told this story to you, Maria, the other night, but I remember once playing Uncharted, the first Uncharted, which was on PlayStation 3. I remember getting it in the office. We were making PlayStation 3 games at the time. It's a sequence in Uncharted that was playing where the building that you're in, big building, starts to crumble away and fall down. And uh, that and the physics and everything collision work perfectly. So it feels like you're in a building that's collapsing. And that is technically so hard to do. Well, at least, you know, I, I'd never worked out how to do it. You know, you've got to, right, everything's moving around. You've got to figure out the collision. Anyway, we like two months ago, we'd been trying to figure that out in the office. How'd you get it done? And then there was a talk from Insomniac, which put, this probably wasn't the title, but it might as well have been how we did that building collapsing in Uncharted. No. And, 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 <laughs> and like, you know, frame by frame, this is exactly like brought up his computer. You could see his editor that he was using, like absolute, exactly how he did it. Not like abs- in an abstract sense, but let me show you the lines of code that I wrote in order to achieve that. And that level of openness is, you know, I think that's part of the wholesomeness of it. It's not people protecting stuff. I also like to think that the reason why he could be open about that is because by the time he's talking about it, he's already doing something that <laughs> I'm going to be worrying about how to do in a year's time because right? <laughs> mm. the industry moves at such a pace. But nonetheless, you know, for, for it's like a magic trick that we're all trying to figure out who does it, and then he's good enough to stand up and say exactly how he right. did it. And Insomniac is okay with him doing it because yeah. they he's a talent magnet at this point. People yes. want to go and work with him or do the same stuff that he's doing. Or- yeah, yeah. So, you know, and, and that's happened many times. And it sounds like, in a sense, that's what happened with you and when the narrative designer at King is saying, let me pull back the curtain on how we get that mm. done. And you go, oh, you know, you only ever work at one company at one time, and therefore you don't see these parallel worlds in parallel companies that are going on. So mm. GDC is a chance to say, well, here's how we do our thing, and that maybe just is interesting to you or maybe informs what how you go about doing your next thing or maybe gives you an idea to do something else. But good opportunity to soak that up, isn't it? Yeah, and as a funny story, when I first saw David um, before the conference started, he said, oh, you know, it's really important. Go and network. Just walk up to someone random and ask them, what do you do? Who are you? And so I tried that. Oh, yeah? I did try it. <laughs> yeah. I, walk, I, was, I was searching the area, okay. and there was only people one-to-one. So I thought they're probably having a private conversation. I should try to find a group. Okay. And so I saw these three guys, and I thought, okay. I'm going to try this. And I walked up to them and I said, hello, I'm meant to be speaking with people I don't know. Can I join your conversation? And they looked at me really awkwardly. And they said, uh, oh, we're having a meeting. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Oh, that's so painful. Yeah. Yeah. 
David, and, David, what did you suggest? You know, I, I did the same thing, followed my own advice. I just walked up to somebody, hi, I'm David, who are you? He says, you know, I'm Rory. I said, what do you do? He says, I'm the sound guy here. I'm <laughs> but, you know, don't, one, one defeat. You've got to, you know, don't, you can't take that knock back. Yeah. Just, I, just, yeah. just keep going. Power through. There, there is matter. a happy story because then I did it again today. And? And I managed to meet um, uh, um, a studio that is based also in London. So it's quite random. So now we're going to meet up when I'm back in London. Oh, so there you go. Yeah, that's, that's a happy ending, isn't it? That is a happy ending. Oh, right. Manufactured serendipity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Love that. Yeah. I have um I can make a suggestion to, you know, people who come to GDC and are raising rounds. Um I feel like there's two types of teams that I speak to or founders that I speak to. One of like some of them are have made an agenda and they want to leave GDC with like, you know, uh like term sheets. And the others are like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to come here and I'm just going to get to know investors. And it kind of, as an investor, you kind of feel which type of founder you're speaking to. And I think that the people that go away and, well, that come here with the intention to just get to know people are actually leaving closer to a term sheet than the one that actually come with the intention of getting a term sheet, if that makes sense. It's like, uh, unless like, there's some people who are just naturally really good at fundraising, right? Um, but others, and and like, I, I've been on the, fun, I've, I've done my share of fundraising rounds and um, I was very good. And uh, like, I can, from the other side of the table right now, say that, you know, um, to try to, try to, you know, approach an event like this, especially if it doesn't happen too often, more as a, you know, getting to know people, because, you know, if you're chill and relaxed as a person, like, like I'm like, I like you, you know, I, I want to hang out with you. And that is probably most important when it comes to getting funded. Yeah, let me ask a question about that. Are people pitching with like decks, like PowerPoint presentations on their laptops? Or is it all conversational? Uh, both. Okay. And I don't necessarily have a preference. Um, I think, yeah, I think both are useful. I guess it also depends on what you want to show. Like if you have something like like video or something you want to show, then a deck makes sense. Um, I think you, most people do have decks and they use that to pitch. I've had pitches without decks but that those were companies that i already knew so um so yeah a bit of both i think uh decks are are, are definitely not a no-go i think and, and nika are people actively seeking you out or is this more like fluid like people are just you know talking to you and they just open up their laptop no and you? no no it's it's it i mean they come with an with an agenda you know i i do notice that um i've so I've, I've put on on Twitter and LinkedIn that I was gonna be here and I, I'm happy to meet up, um, and so a bunch of people reached out and and most of them were actually you know, talking to me not because I'm interesting but because I'm because I've I, I potentially invest in them which is fine you know uh, I'm happy to do that that's my job um, and then um, I've also had a bunch of meeting requests through the GDC like I don't know platform good yeah, stuff. Yeah. But I like if you contacted me there, I'm so sorry. Like I have bun like so many messages there, and I haven't looked at them. Um, so if you really want to get in touch with me, like reach out on LinkedIn and, or Twitter. Bigger chance for that. So yeah. You are interesting, Nico. We love you. Thanks. Thanks, Maria. <laughs> David, on the on the flip side, sorry, Maria, I don't mean to interrupt, but um, I, I'm just curious. Like, what what would your advice be to founders who are approaching GDC as a funding event? Uh. I never found that um, – I found it – and I'd say the same thing with E3, the same thing with DICE, that trying to pitch something with a view to getting millions of dollars in squinting in the sunshine or trying to turn up the volume so you can see the sound of a video, you're really just not doing your justice to the game or the company. It's just really not 
the best way of getting those ideas across. Now, what I what I always I don't really do this so much anymore, but if I was pitching to studios, then I'd always go to their to the company. So I'd go and go to PlayStation's office or go to Microsoft office because then you're more likely to get a good quality time. You're more likely to get more people in the room. You'll be connected up to their TV in the, you know, in the meeting room. And then you'll go for lunch and you'll probably go out for dinner if you're staying over and just get a much better opportunity to describe what it is that you're doing to the people that you're hoping to invest money, whether that's project financing or VC financing, I suppose. So I don't think uh, events are the best way of putting across what it is you're trying to do. I agree with Nico. It's more sort of getting to know you. And some of that is here, getting to know you is here's the games we're making. But I think if you're, if your final slide is, oh, you know, we want this much million, many millions, and here's a small spreadsheet that explains how we're going. That's not the deck to be, that's not the thing to be yeah. presenting here. Do, do you think it's partly because of the costs of coming to the conference that you, maybe people get nervous that they must have a guaranteed return from the investment that they're making of coming to something that's quite an expensive investment, especially if you're bootstrapping and you don't have that that investment ready to pay yeah, the cost? Yeah, maybe. Or maybe they feel it's expected um, that if you're meeting somebody that can invest, then to not ask for an investment seems odd. But that just isn't how it... I don't think that's how it works. So it's mm. not how it's best. I feel like... Um... In searching investments is the more desperate it becomes, the more important it is, the less comfortable you feel, the more stressed you are, the less likelihood of success you'll have, like very paradoxically. And so I think, um, but I think you're right, Maria. I think I remember going to conferences when I was raising, not GDC, those were like payment conferences, which are like a million times as boring as this one. Um, and so I remember like the, those being quite expensive as well. And me thinking like, I need to make the best out of this. And taking the wrong approach, you know, the, the one I just described that you shouldn't do. So I was like going and I was expecting like, I, I need like term sheets or like good leads coming back instead of just like, I want to get to know people that are investing. And I think that like, yeah, that's, um, that's again the approach. But I, I totally get that why, why people would, you know, come here. It's expensive, right? Uh, just staying here, you know, if you have to have a flight, I think like staying, staying here is by far the most expensive thing for me, at least. The flight was like five times as cheap as the hotel or something. But you did, you were telling me earlier that you're glad you came to the event. I mean, you think it's a fun event overall or, well, oh, des describe it. From now on, I'll, I'll be at GDC each year, not for GDC, but just because people are here. Honestly, like I, I live in Brussels, which is like in gaming terms, the middle of nowhere. Nothing happens there. Um, and so I'm just happy to see people, you know, <laughs> and just hang out. Uh, I'm always jealous of people talking like oh, I live in New York and I had meeting like a lunch with that guy and, and met that guy. Um, so anyway, I'll, I'll be here uh, each year. So um, if you want to start prepping and reach out for next year, I'm 100% uh, yeah. down. <laughs> I think my, my takeaway from this is uh, travel to Brussels to give Nico company. I mean, uh, it's it's <laughs> good it, idea. Yeah, yeah. I'll um I'll hang with you 100. And and do you have good content for newsletters, subsequent Navic. You know you 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 absorbing content that you can see that's going to come out in the form of newsletters or Navic. Thanks for the plug, David. Uh, if, <laughs> if anybody who's listening has watched a GDC event that they particularly liked, please send it foziatnavic.co. Uh, we'd love to you know feature it in the newsletter. Obviously, like there's a lot of conversations and talks happening, and I'm gonna miss a lot of them. But if you particularly resonated with one, do reach out with it.
I, that's the beauty of GDC. They open source it after the event. You yeah. don't yeah. necessarily need to have mm. attend. What do you mean by you mean they put it up on YouTube or their vault? Yeah, on their vault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it me or is it doesn't seem like if you come to GDC and it's almost a waste of time if you're doing all of the presentations? Well, it depends what your job is. If your job is a developer to write code and then you're sitting in a bunch of code conferences, yeah. you know, dawn till dusk. That's the best way of spending right. GDC. It's just that, you know, maybe. Is, is it then worth to come here? Like, isn't it then better to just stay at home and watch the, like the, you know, the, 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 the videos at, at, at like 2x two, two speed? Something, uh, <laughs> maybe. I, I Even when I was attending for the content, then I, it's still just not the same. It's a very expensive, you know, it's hard to justify. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, somebody that would run a studio where people want to come out to GDC, then it's it's tough because a lot of people want to come, but it's like five, 10 grand ahead or something. And uh, mm -hmm. particularly if you get a, a pass, right? The passes are not yeah. inexpensive. Well, so, yeah. But so it is, it's hard to justify, but at the same time, you definitely pick up on some sort of macro things. Mm. It's hard, this may be hard to put a value on, but it's certainly important. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I'm here mainly to attend the conferences. I think the experience is very different depending where you are in your career. For example, I've been in games maybe two, two and a half years. So I don't have a big network. I don't have these big dinners um, and secret parties that I can attend. I only I can only attend what's put out in a in an agenda that is public to to everyone, and so I still think it's worth having one or two people from a company come here, mm -hmm. and even as a even as an investment in the mind opening opportunities and conversations for someone in your company that's not a leadership level to have because just the debates that I've had in lunch breaks, um, meeting people who are with some of my co-workers, um, talks in the pub. You just discuss things yeah. and it helps you just think about the same topics you consider every day in a different way. Yep. And I think that's that it, it brings more richness to the thought of people who are doing like the day-to-day -day work and going to the conferences. I, I still think it's valuable. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't bring the entire company to come to the conferences because as long as you just have some people doing some summaries of the most interesting takeaways. Yeah, maybe it should be if you if you assume that it's people like doing it, then maybe if if performance of that person has been great, then that seems like a, it's a type of bonus in a way. Or is that yeah. is that okay to think of it like that? I certainly I would have done. There's occasions when I begged my boss to come to GDC and that felt like a good reward. I was happy to take that. That felt more valuable than, I know, a thousand pound in my pay packet extra. David, on, on the flip side, are you here? Do you have any intention to recruit or keep your eye out on talent that maybe you've been speaking to that, you know, like is here? Yeah. Obviously, it's like the biggest concentration of people today. Yeah. I mean, it's not the... <laughs> You know, I don't know what proportion of the games industry is here, but there's not, it's a tiny proportion of the programs and artists, but it is people that I might form a company with a, at some point. So I was at a conference, not this one, I don't know, earlier in the year. And people are saying, how do you find who a CTO or how do you find a CRO or, you know, that, that leadership team, you know, how, what, do you put a job ad out? And of course you don't. That's not really how it works. And the only answer I could get, uh, give was an 
not particularly useful one, which is you have to have started a relationship five years ago by knowing that person and having a beer with them and uh, understanding what they're doing and finding out if they're aligned. So it wouldn't necessarily be programmers and artists and designers like here at uh, higher. And I have no idea when I'm meeting people, it's not with a view to maybe we'll set up a company at some point in the future, but getting to know those people that you, I guess, might yeah. it mm. is useful. And also knowing people that are running other companies so that you can talk about what, you know, what they're doing and what skills they look for and you know, just getting, so it might not be a direct recruitment, but certainly mapping out that a little bit is useful. Yeah. yeah and, you know, I, I finally had a chance to chat with you, David, and you, Nico, maybe an hour or so in each day. And to be honest, the takeaways I had from our conversations was more rich than I could have got from watching, I don't know, 24 hours of these conference videos. Because uh-huh. it, it's, it's tailored to what you're feeling in that moment, what you're experiencing in that moment in your career and what you're doing at work. Um, you get to ask specific questions that will help you in that moment. And maybe you're, you're going through a challenge or I, I don't know, but you get to just have tailored conversations about your specific context, which I think is invaluable when compared to conferences, which are also valuable, but they're more generic and not tailored to your needs in that particular moment. Is it? Do you think it's useful from a uh, career orientation point of view? Like mentorship. It's on-the-spot mentorship uh-huh. to be able to speak with so many different people in a small, concentrated amount of time and just get all of these inputs. And you do get that from your coworkers in your day-to-day, but you just see the same people over and over again. And I think it's good to just have that moment of time when you get to expand the conversations you're having with a completely new network of, of people that you don't have in, in your job. Mm-hmm. I'll give a different perspective. I know I haven't really talked about my experience that much. And my experience is, I guess, very different. I went to my first event on Sunday evening. And I felt like... A GDC? A GDC, yeah. yeah. I felt like such an outsider. I didn't really understand where people were coming from. Like, everybody around me was like, I work in games. I do this in games. And I was like, I write a newsletter about (laughs) games. And, like, I help run a consultancy and research firm. That's pretty cool, I guess. But then people started coming up to me and being like, oh, yo, your newsletter helped me get a job. And like, really? oh, wow. they're like, yeah, it really helped me be confident about what it is that the games industry is providing. And like, I recognize your name, like you write for this or like you've been on the podcast. And that was so validating. Um, and it, it's just like really great to, I guess, be a part of an industry that's like welcoming and collaborative because I definitely had some imposter syndrome going to my first in-person event and like chatting with people who I didn't really know. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I hope for it to continue. And I hope for it to like continue for all the Navic crew because, you know, we, we, we put in a lot of time on the side and this is just like an extra bonus for us to like come in and chat about the stuff we just chat about in our day-to-day lives, I guess. I think it's also a story of why you should sometimes throw yourself into things without, you know, I started doing this podcast without any idea of any kind of end game. Yeah. I, you know, and you sh- it's fine to not to have an end game. And it's nice when you do things and then they, they work out and then you meet people that say that they appreciate that or it's been totally. interesting or useful to them in some way. Then yeah, I think we're just having a moment, team. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. 
Love it. My um, like one of the takeaways I have um, so I've I've also only recently joined the gaming industry, right? And I had like this I don't know preconception about you know I thought the typical game developer or builder was going to be way more like you know the the worst version of the typical gamer that you you would see in movies and stuff, right? Um, and <laughs> I, I honestly like all the people that are, that are here are like such awesome people that I'm I'm like, oh, uh, it's it's been great and I think um, you know the, the people actually building games are uh, are awesome. Who are you expecting? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. <laughs> like like some sort of hacker nerds that were pretty much. Yeah. Okay. All yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we are. are closeted. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. uh, I was at this event last night and uh, one of the speakers goes, "Who plays Fortnite?" And of course, like nobody plays Fortnite except for like 13 year olds. Um that's that's not true. Okay. Excuse me. Sorry, Excuse I don't me. Mean to rip on the bartender raises his hand. Like oh. everybody bursts out in applause. Hey. It's an amazing thing. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. a good GDC moment. Yeah. <laughs> what do you what's um gonna ask Nico, I guess, at the risk of making every podcast have some NFT blockchain element, what do you think is the sentiment that you're getting in sort of NFTs versus the world, how are we going to describe that? But, you know, obviously there's sort of something of a divide between traditional gamers and this new type of the games industry. And maybe it's the first time that both parts have got together. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm well, I, I haven't been too much of GDC itself, right? I've been mostly here meeting other people around it, doing side events and stuff. And m- most of these talks have been with people who are much into like Web3 and blockchain and gaming and, and, and that stuff. So honestly, like from my point of view, it's um, like, it seems like, you know, this like honestly, all of my talks have been around blockchain gaming. And that's probably just because that's what like, people like I- I'm interested in and what I invest in as well. So I, I think this question should probably be asked to, um, to Maria and and like what has been the vibe you've noticed within like you know maybe talks you've seen or people conversations you've had or picked up on around this this blockchain stuff oh gosh um okay I need to collect my thoughts because I do I do have a line of thought um so coming from free to play games with some casual interest in understanding the blockchain world just out of pure personal interest. I think the vibes that I've been getting is that first, it was interesting to see all of the Web3 um, related talks, which were on the free-to-play track, they were all packed. There's interest. That compared to how the conferences were, what is not about Web3. And I think that shows some evidence that people are curious potentially to learn more. But it's not its own... Somebody mentioned it to me like this today. They say, you should always keep an eye on what's a summit. A summit is like the new, uh, like not quite enough to make its own track. It's not design. It's not art. It's not. Mm. So they make, you know, mm. in, in time gone by, it would be Facebook game summit or it would be mobile summit or something like that. And after a while, it just becomes part of the industry and it's yeah. not a summit. So you should keep an eye on what the, uh, on the summits. I, I was at an event you know, I'd, I'd heard the same thing, that the, the, the NFT talks were well attended, which was a surprise to me. I went to an event of CEOs, sort of networking event. It was a great event on, on the Monday. And then Gabby from YGG did the final talk. And, um, you know, to me, that's very interesting. It's an, it, Whatever you think about it, it's a new part of the games industry and uh, it's real. It's happening. And uh, he spoke for a while. And the, all the questions at the end were, in fact, somebody asked, like, 
who's learned something new about NFTs through uh, Gabby's talk and uh, two thirds of people put their hand up. Who's changed their mind about NFTs and uh, nobody put their hand up. And the questions were all, uh, you know, but but there's nothing here that you can do without blockchain technology. And I'm just, mm. I think, how long do we, how, at what point do you say this is something new and it's real? Mm. I'm pretty sure, like, how many years? So I wonder whether or not, it's really interesting to see the contrast. And admittedly, it's a small poll, isn't it? It's a mm. small test. But like, I wonder whether or not the CEOs and the people with established businesses are saying, I don't like this new stuff, thank you. I've got my own business and I'm happy making money. I don't need anything new coming along. Whereas maybe uh, people that attend the event that might be younger, you know, or in a less senior position, will see it more as an opportunity, more open-minded to it. And maybe this is something that I can do that will get me somewhere more interested in the games industry. I'd love to know more around that. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure on the on the attendance, but at least I think there are some really interesting takeaways for free to play. Um, in one of the talks, one of the four four warnings is that the first market segment to be disrupted by Web three will be free to play because about because of the players who engage with it. You have big spenders in free to play who will be attracted to the um, option to play games and then be able to recoup some of their investment. And also about self-regulation and that there is this opportunity out there that we, we as an industry can start self-regulating by being a part of it and exploring new ways to, to use this technology. I don't know. I think overall, I, I can't say, I can't speak for other, other people. I just think what, what strikes with me in terms of these conferences is that there is a middle ground. We don't have to be anti-Web3. We don't have to be super pro-Web3, but we can consider it and maybe find what works for us. Yeah. Well, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that at the very least, it's people being open-minded. Yeah. That's good. Sorry. Yeah. No, I was going to say, as a, I'm, I'm a consumer investor um, by day, and so what I've noticed is the pace of investments has significantly slowed down this year, specifically in February and March, late February and March. I don't know what a consumer investor means. It means, you know, like uh, apps like Facebook. Uh Like that's what we would maybe invest in, like commerce, uh, things that specifically target people like you and I. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's just like, I I I guess I would have expected the same sentiment to happen in the games industry. January was such a hot month with those three big investments or three big acquisitions. And so it's, I think, I guess it's like very validating to see that there's still a burgeoning interest around new categories, around categories that maybe have seen some decline if you look at the sensor tower data. And I like that. I like that people are like still very enthusiastic about categories that saw a big interest, maybe saw a pullback, but like, I think it's this time of the market where people really start to like hone in and ground their ideas and like understand that this could be a big thing um, when I'm speaking about NFTs, but not just NFTs, like games investments as a whole. Is there, are there other, I mean, Web3 feels like the new part of the new thing. You know, I've been here when VR was the new thing and um, mobile was, in fact, I remember one time, this is more about me, I remember walking through from the W to the um, Moscone South, passing 
Candy Crush posters mm-hmm. and thinking, get this out of the games industry. <laughs> what, what on earth? Why are they wasting their time? Go, <laughs> go back home to stop. David, that's a really interesting point. What's the game this year? Is it Genshin? Is it something else? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not <laughs> close enough to be interested to know. You know, I wonder what the trends are. It's, you know, so Web3 I see. I don't know what the products are that everyone's, yeah. whether or not. I mean, also, are there keynotes? I should know this. I mean, there's all, <laughs> traditionally, there's always been keynotes. Are there keynotes here happening? Keynotes. What's what's the oh, definition so of a keynote? Like some, you know, Miyamoto speaking at ten o'clock in the South Hall to ten thousand people. Oh, not not to my knowledge. Okay, but you, this might be on the secret agenda. No, no, no. no that sort of thing is not. You'd know about that. <laughs> Maybe they don't have keynotes this year. Maybe it's a, I don't know. But but uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think if there's any other sort of whether it's products, yeah, games, or whether or not it's new emerging tech, uh, whether or not it's sort of. You can imagine it might be AR with forthcoming Apple glasses and people sort of doubling down on that, but I haven't heard people talking about it. Um, I heard, you know, sort of TikTok. There's been someone that sort of moved into from games into TikTok and creating content for that. And I can well believe that uh, those sort of platforms are absorbing more games. And I uh, don't know if there's other trends. I um, I did a little tour of the of the, the, the halls, the, the GDC halls. And I, um, I got a demo of a VR application, which was, um, basically experiencing esports events in VR. That was really cool. And, you know, I don't know if I have made this prediction publicly, but I feel like, you know, this could be the year where, you know, the real cool shit in VR finally gets built. Right. Um, this has been hyping over 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 five years, but I think I feel like we're finally getting there. Like what I've seen um, is pretty pretty fucking cool. What was the headset? Yeah, it was on a Oculus, uh, like a, a Quest Two, I think. Mm. I think the trend that I've seen is a lot of AI application and discussion in in game development. I think we'll start seeing perhaps more utilization, even more so utilization of AI to reduce the costs of game development and support the content treadmills for games. Yeah. Um, I know you spoke about this in a previous in a previous roundtable, but just seeing how many talks and companies people are having and exploring in this area, I just think we'll see more and more of it. Yep. Okay. That's a, I can imagine that as well. The expo floor hasn't opened yet. Is that right? I think that's tomorrow. Yeah, it's tomorrow. Yeah. So maybe there's some cool demos to be to be seen there. That's probably worth that's the it. tour, isn't it? Shout out. 2019 Google Stadia Expo floor. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know what that means. There's a, there's a little tombstone there now. Yeah, there's there, a yeah? tombstone mm. for the... the Google Stadia. Oh, oh, because, okay, okay. Yeah. I, got, I got it right. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. Well, um, you have your dinner, Davis, so we need to wrap up the special I need to go and put GDC. a tie on and iron my really? suit and no doubt. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can this take... San Francisco. Right? Exactly. <laughs> you can take the Nico's Loot t-shirt. Hey, yeah. if you can see this, this is got this from my wife. She's amazing, and I love this. Is my favorite T-shirt. Is that one of your loot bags? That's actually yours. It is. I love how you declare the love for your wife quite frequently I do. on podcasts. That's very romantic. Aww. Um, and I I heard that maybe someone from Deconstructor of Fun listens to the Metacasts oh, yeah? podcast. <laughs> so I just want to say that my Christmas wish. Is to hear a deconstructor of fun comment that my BMI is awesome. So, there you go. <laughs> five goals. 
like it. I know. But in a good word. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining. Um, you know, thanks Nico for lending out your hotel room for this. Okay. I don't. Yeah. Do it yourself. What do we put the cocktails on? Room three hundred four, Clift Hotel. I think it was three hundred seven. Thanks, man. Okay. I got thanks, you. appreciate it. <laughs> and with that. Oh, thanks. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, good to see you. Thanks for listening in, and we'll see you next week. Cheers, friends. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.